get ready, I might be unsteady. Been walking a straight but narrow line. Well, welcome to this week's episode of The Space In Between, called The Kindness of Strangers. I'm your host, Blake Bellman. The pandemic has illustrated the importance of human contact. We have all been cloistered inside for over a year. We haven't had the level of social interaction that we enjoyed pre-pandemic, and this has made us all acutely aware of how much we need one another. It has been a time of deep reflection, both at the personal level as well as at the larger societal level. This period of time has laid bare many of the inadequacies of old structures and systems, political, social, economic, education, and the belief systems attached to these structures, which until the pandemic, we blindly followed. And now we're beginning to realize that they may no longer fit with the world as it currently exists. For example, we've all been engaged in rethinking the nature of work and learning in a world characterized by continuous disruption and exponential change, And now there's a broad awareness and an increasing acceptance of our collective responsibility for addressing large-scale global challenges, climate, equity, quality, and I think a dawning recognition that we're up to these challenges, that we're capable of doing remarkable things as human beings when we work together. This feeling of optimism and a broader awareness of the needs of others has also impacted the relationship between people at an individual and community level. We seem to have learned to be more tolerant of one another and more accepting of differing opinions. We've also struggled to come to terms with our own biases, that they were a product of a different time. And I get the sense that we're becoming more open to change, to shedding these tightly held beliefs in favor of something better. With all this in mind, I wonder whether we are becoming kinder and more desirous of reaching out a helping hand to those in need. This thought has been going through in my mind following a little adventure I had just over a week ago. So I thought I'd share this with you on this episode of The Space In Between. My anniversary is on June 19th, and every year my wife and I take a trip somewhere to celebrate. This year marks our 28th together. Typically we go to Tofino on Vancouver Island, a favorite place of ours, but this year we decided we wanted to do something different we thought we would go to the beautiful town of Roslyn, B.C., a historic gold rush mining town located high in the Monashi mountain range in the West Kootenays. It's the site of Red Mountain, which boasts some of the best powder skiing in all of Canada. A few years ago, an upscale Manhattan-esque contemporary five-star hotel was built at the base of Red Mountain, called the Josie. So we booked a room at the Josie, And on Friday, June 18th, we packed up our car with bikes, golf clubs, and paddleboards and left the coast for the interior. Our plan was to spend two nights at the Josie Hotel and then push on to our place in Kimberley, B.C. The drive from the coast to Rosland is a long one, taking approximately eight hours. But it was a beautiful day for driving, 23 degrees centigrade and not a cloud in the sky. After about four hours into our trip, we were heading down the long, steep hill into Karameus, when all of a sudden, it felt hot. Really hot. Little did we know this was the start of the heat dome, which was to see temperatures in the province rise to historical levels over the next week. I turned to my wife, Sharon, and said, Sharon, can you please turn on the air conditioning? She pushed the air conditioning button, and nothing happened. 
As we pulled into Caramillas and approached the first traffic light, getting ready to turn left, all of a sudden the car died. I coasted through the intersection with a cacophony of horns sounding behind me and pulled off to the side of the road, let the car sit for a few minutes, and tried to start it again. Luckily it started, and we continued on our way towards Osoyoos. Osoyoos is the southernmost town in the Okanagan Valley of British Columbia. It is Canada's only desert often referred to as the Palm Springs of Canada. As we were pulling into a Soyuz, we stopped to get some gas at a little shopping center, which included a A&W drive-thru and a convenience store. We filled up with gas, went into the store to get some water, and pulled out right in front of the A&W drive-thru, and the car died. This time it wouldn't start. And here we were, a little after 4 o'clock on a Friday, in a resort area in the Okanagan Valley, and everyone was closing shop for the weekend. Our first thought was we needed to find a mechanic, so we pulled out our phones and called around. Nobody answered their phones, and we assumed they had all closed early. Then we thought we needed a tow truck, and we tried all the towing companies. Once again, no one answered their phone. So we thought about renting a hotel room in Soyuz, and we called around all the hotels. There were no rooms available. Then we came up with the idea that we should rent a car and drive to Rosalind, only to discover that there are no car rental agencies in Osoyoos. Eventually, a tow truck driver from Rogers Towing called us back and said, I can come out and put your car in a big flatbed truck. All our tow trucks are away for the weekend, but we do have a flatbed that we use for hauling trucks. I can send that out to you, pick up your car, and tow it off to the collision center. We also realized that our BCAA membership had not been renewed, so we were going to have to pay for the tow. But with one problem solved, we had yet another. What were we going to do for the evening, and how were we going to get to Red Mountain? We decided we couldn't make it to Roslyn, so we called and canceled our reservation at the Josie Hotel. In an effort to find other transportation, we had called U-Haul and had asked them if they had any vans available that they might be able to rent. They'd replied, no, we don't, and we're closing for the day. So here we were, car dead in front of the A&W drive-thru with a line of cars behind us, waiting for a tow truck to tow us to a collision center, but nowhere to go. And then something quite remarkable happened. All the people we called started to call us back. We got a call back from the manager of U-Haul to say that while they were closing, they did have a truck on hand, it was a half ton, and asked whether we wanted it. We thought, well, we better get some kind of transportation, so we said, sure, but we can't get there. We're stuck in the middle of this shopping mall. So she said, I'll have my husband come over and pick up your wife. Sure enough, a car arrived shortly thereafter with the husband of the manager of the U-Haul to pick up my wife, Sharon. And while that was happening, the tow truck driver arrived with a massive flatbed, and the driver asked for our BCAA membership. My wife started to explain that we hadn't renewed our membership but he interrupted and said with a wink, you have it, so no problem. And it did turn out that we had the renewed membership after all. We couldn't get the car into neutral because there was no power whatsoever, so the tow truck driver from Randy's Towing got out of the truck, jump-started the car so we could put it in neutral, and he and I pushed the car around so we could get it aligned with the flatbed. But we couldn't get the car on the flatbed because we couldn't drive it or push it up the ramp. So our driver had to get all the winches out, and we actually had to winch the car up in the air and place it on top of the flatbed. Our tow truck driver, Rick, was a big burly guy who looked at me with a wry smile and said, It's really hot out here. 
I don't like the fact that you guys are sitting out in this boiling sun for so long. Why don't you hop in the cab, come with me, and we'll drop the car off. Along the way, he said, I want to stop at the 7-Eleven for a minute. And I thought, oh boy. So we stopped at the 7-Eleven, and he goes inside and comes out with an armful of Gatorade and says, I'm really worried that you guys are getting dehydrated, so I bought you some Gatorade. So with a handful of Gatorade, we proceeded to the collision center. By the time we arrived, my wife was already sitting behind the wheel of the big half-ton U-Haul truck. Next door to the collision center was an auto mechanic shop. Our tow truck driver got on the phone and phoned up Dean of Dean's Garage and said, We've got a problem here. We've got a couple. They're stuck on the road. It's their anniversary. They have nowhere to go. Is there any chance you can come and have a look at the car? By this time, it was about 6.30 in the evening. And Dean was probably having dinner at home with his family, but he said, Sure, I'll come in and have a look. So Dean arrived. He asked what had happened to the car. He looked at it and said, I can't do anything now, but I'll put it in my garage so your things will be safe and I'll have a look at it on Monday. So with our transportation issues resolved, we now needed to find a place to stay. So we called the Josie Hotel again and said, we need our hotel room back, we're coming. And they said fine, so we loaded up the big U-Haul and proceeded to Roslyn, B.C., about three hours from our current location. We arrived at the Josie Hotel shortly before 10 p.m. that evening. As we pulled in with the massive U-Haul truck, we were greeted by the desk manager, Machi. And he said he was sorry for our troubles, and he knew it was late, but he'd asked the dining room to stay open so we could have a meal when we arrived. He also told us, I'm going to waive a whole bunch of fees for you. You've had a horrible experience, and we're glad you're here. Oh, and behold, they kept the entire restaurant open for us that evening. There were no other patrons and a full complement of staff. We had an amazing meal at the Josie. People were incredibly kind to us, and we stayed there till well after closing, to finish our dinner. We assumed we'd have to stay at the Josie for a few nights, or at least until Monday, perhaps Tuesday, when the mechanic had a chance to look at our car. The next day, we were out playing golf, and I got a call from Dean. And Dean said, You know, I was thinking about you guys and your anniversary and that you were stuck in Roslyn, so I decided to go in and have a look at your car today. I think I figured out what the problem is. It's fixed. You can come pick it up. So after our golf game, we loaded up the U-Haul again and drove back to a Soyuz, picked up the car, and proceeded on to Kimberley. We hadn't lost a day. We had more driving to do, but because of the kindness of people that we met along the way, we were able to celebrate our anniversary in the hotel we'd booked, to have a beautiful meal, to have a game of golf, and to make it to Kimberley according to schedule. I was absolutely blown away by the kindness we experienced throughout this whole ordeal. And it's hard to say whether it was a result of the pandemic or whether it's simply the friendliness of people in the Okanagan and West Kootenays. But I want to dedicate this episode to Dean's Garage, to Rogers Towing, to a Soyuz U-Haul, to the Hotel Josie, and to all the people that showed us such kindness during this difficult time. Please take a moment to visit the show blog to see pictures from our little adventure. And again, I hope this kindness of strangers continues what it's worth please join us next week on for what it's worth where our guest is comedian extraordinaire ron james ron has published a new book called crossing the great divide it's absolutely hilarious you won't want to miss this episode it should be a lot of fun and a great cap off to season two of for what it's worth